Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh from the Fish. Welcome you guys out to another um, Q&A, Relationship and Soul Tie Q&A. For those who's been rocking with me for a little while now, you know that I'm transitioning back into school. So a lot of my content is going to be in Q&A form until I get myself abreast to the, uh, to the new school year and getting myself acquainted to um, this phase and mission in my life. What's up, Pink October? What's up, Gifted King? So if you're watching this live, do me a big favor and share this broadcast to as many people as possible. And please forgive me for being tardy today. You know when my mom called me right before I was going live. And you know one thing about mothers, they ain't going to let you go until you bless them. They're not going to let you go until you talk to them. So so I had to make sure I put family first and talk to my mom. So I'm here. I'm excited about doing this Q&A. This Q&A is for any question, uh, whether it's dealing with relationships, soul ties, um, a God about about life. If I have it in a repertoire of my experience catalog, I'd be able to help you. If I uh, if I'm fully uh, versed with in regards to the scriptures and 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 points that are anchored in God's text, I'll answer it for you. Um, but but let's let's dialogue. Let's have a good time. If you're watching this later on YouTube, if you're listening later, whether on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud, and now on Spotify, or if you're watching later on YouTube, I want to say thank you guys and gals so much for listening and watching on any stream that you're watching or listening from. Let me know what you're getting from. I would love, um, I would love uh, uh, to see what you get from those mediums. What's up, LeBlanca? What's going on? Shanisha says, I know men aren't receiving Oops, sorry, trying to develop a question. My bad. Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. I know. I know. When these when these Q&As pop up, those fingers go quick because you know I go in a, in a systematic order. What is the best way to show others you have changed even though they still see you as a negative person? Um, consistency. Um, one thing you cannot uh, expect is a person's to... Uh, uh, to catch up to your change. It doesn't matter how negative you was in your past. All you got to do is be consistent in your present and being consistent in your future and outlast the lies, outlast the stigmas, outlast the stereotypes, improve in your progression for yourself. Don't don't change for other people um, to agree because sometimes people would digress to the to the or or they would they would do things for the pleasure of other people. No, you keep improving because you're improving. So the what's the best way uh, to show others you have changed? Is to change. Is to not even try to communicate that you change. Let your actions communicate that you have changed. And consistency. Don't try to convince nobody. Just continue to be um, consistent in your own in your own growth. And don't worry about it because some people ain't going to believe that you're changing no matter how much you change. So if you do things for the celebration of others, you will find yourself um, working unnecessarily um, for for potential uh, uh, celebration or potential uh, uh, noticing of your change. So what I do is it don't matter what a person feels about me. If I've done them wrong five years ago, if they still upset about what may have happened even two days ago, I'm sorry that Josh is no longer alive because this Josh is endeavoring to continue to progress and to mature daily. So what's the best way to show others you have changed? Be consistent in changing, be consistent in developing. And if they still don't see you uh, in your newness, let them be stuck in their old perception of you and let them live back there. But what you cannot do is wait for someone to celebrate your growth. You celebrate your growth and continue to keep your eyes on Christ and grow with him being your focus. And over time, people will begin to see your fruit. But if they don't want to pluck the fruit off of that tree and get to know the new you, then you got to do what you got to do. Good question. 
Hey, what's up, fam? Exandre Music says, I'm in a three-year courtship and I feel and I felt like I knew what the purpose of our relationship was at the beginning. Now, beginning, now not so much. What steps can I take to get there again? Good question, fam. I'm in a three-year courtship and I feel and I felt like I knew what the purpose of our relationship was at the beginning. Now, not so much. It's it's easy to get lost in a relationship. It's easy to get lost in quote unquote love because that's why you have to always make sure that you are mission minded in your in your in any endeavor of your life, because the more you are uh, aware of your mission personally, then you'll know uh, how to connect with someone else. And what I always tell couples in, in my life coaching, I tell couples for those who know that it's, it's uh, a certified relationship for God, that it's, uh, it's the confirmation has been certified by God, is to understand that you both are humans and that life happens. And that when you really find the companion of your life, it ain't going to always be blissful. It ain't going to always be great that you're going to really have to get to know each other, that you're really going to have to process through some things. But the best thing to do is what I tell couples is to write down the mission from the beginning, because sometimes we get lost in the mundane, we get lost in the going with the flow or going with the motions or going with the emotions, right? That we forget about the mission. And that's what the enemy loves to do. He loves to get couples either to be overly focused in each other or not focused in each other. And in the process, forgetting why they are even with each other, because the enemy knows that every couple, every relationship that has been ordained by God has a specific mission and a specific uh, um, uh, purpose against the kingdom of darkness and for the purpose of the advancement of the God's kingdom and to be in a beacon of light to let everyone know that God in the midst of any relationship is paramount. And so what happens is you have to almost every week or every other week sit each other down and say, okay, let's refocus on our mission. Now, how to develop a, a relational mission statement. Number one, y'all both have to write down a sheet of paper. What is the purpose that God has for you all individually? And when y'all begin to write down who y'all are individually and the purpose that God has for the both of you, then y'all begin to see how do these unique but different missions complement each other? How could God or how will God or how is God um, bringing this? How is he or will he or how has he uh, 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 bring or brought this relationship to where these two missions can complement each other? Sometimes we get so caught up in the emotions of a relationship that we forget about the, the spiritual and the logic or the rationale that comes within relationships because I have to always keep on the forefront of my mind the mission of my wife and, 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 and my marriage. If not, then we'll get lost in the, 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 the bottom floor of relationship. But I'm so glad that we always know that our whole mission in life is to ensure anyone around us becomes spiritually mature for God's optimal use. That our mission is to make sure that young people are propelling in their purpose. That our mission as a couple is to make sure that every adult and young adult unplugs from the world system, plug into Christ, that every child propels in their purpose, and to make sure that we provide resources for diverse age groups to ensure they grow spiritually for God's optimal use. And that's our mission because you have to always be mindful of what y'all are even here for. So what I would do, bro, is to sit your significant young lady down and just say, hey, let's talk about our individual mission and let's talk about and process how they will complement each other. And let's write this thing down. Let's put it in a safe place. Let's, let's, let's frame it. Let's, let's print it out so that anytime we find ourselves 
um, lost or anytime we find ourselves wherever that we have a place to go to, to refocus ourselves as our mission and vision statement to prepare us to go forward. And what I will always do is every quarter or one time a year, see if, if there is new revelation for you to rewrite your mission statement or add to it. Because as you grow as an individual, as she grows in the vision, as your couple, as your uh, relationship grows, you're able to say, okay, oh, this is what God wants us to do going forward. This is what we can add to that mission or vision statement. Hope that helped, fam. I know that was very layered. But listen, me and my wife, we dated for like five and some change, five years and some change. And we had to really refocus towards the end to say, what are we really doing? And sometimes you can get so caught up on, on relationship that you forget about the mission of that relationship and where this relationship is going to sell. Good question. Number one, how long should I date a guy before asking what he what he wants out of this? You shouldn't date too long. You're supposed to listen. Anytime you find yourself not clear, that's when you should ask. And if you have to ask, you have to question that relationship because one thing a man of God is going to do is make sure that you are very clear on where y'all are going. You see what I'm saying? Uh, um, there's nothing uh, uh, worse for a woman than to release herself from being content in her singleness, to follow behind a man who is restless or a man that doesn't know how to communicate where the relationship is going, right? So the best thing I would tell you right now, the fact that you asked this question, you should ask him tonight, where are we? Where are we going? If that young man cannot tell you, then you, you I suggest you tell that man what I need you to go pray to God. And I think we should have some space for you to get clarity from God. I'll give you, I'll give you two or three months or whatever after that, if you're not sure about where we got to go, then I'm completely releasing myself from you. But if you feel any inkling that this is not the one God has for you, or if you, or when you ask this question, this man is playing games with you and, and tagging you along a journey that has no um, constructive and no specific destined end, then I will end it tonight. Because what you should not do and what any woman should not do is waste her time with a clueless man, to waste her time with a restless man. You want to make sure you invest yourself and invest your time and invest your emotions in a man that was sent by you by God and who was being led by the spirit of God, who was extremely vocal about where you guys are going. And I wouldn't take I wouldn't take too much time. Um, um wandering. Are you going to wander around the same mountain? Are you going to wander around the same status of your relationship for 40 years and y'all ain't even walking towards no promised land? Do you know how many women and how many men have wasted their lives going around the same mountain of conversation of that oh, false hope, that, that false conversation of I, I got something for us? No, what do you have for us? What is tangible? What are you doing? Is there even fruit that gives me the peace that I need to ensure that you are in sync with God and led by him? If those fruit are not available on this tree and all that he has on this tree is leaves but no fruit then this relationship is not going to be blessed by God it's probably been a curse from the beginning and what I would do is walk away or have the conversation ask him where are we and where are we going if he's giving you that same bull job that he's been giving you for the last few weeks or so then I would I would I would unroot myself and say I need you need to go to God I'm gonna go on my own on my own life because one thing a woman should not do is to allow herself to be moved out of, of a place of contentment in her singleness and the process of growth that God is, has initiated in her for a period of time to be behind a man who doesn't know himself or, or doesn't know how to lead a relationship. Hope to help.
So how long should I date a guy before asking what he wants out of this? You should you shouldn't even last two weeks. The moment you feel exclusivity on the brink of your life where you feel as if, oh, I really like this guy and I think he likes me and I feel like we're going in a direction of exclusivity, that's when you have to have a conversation because I would not go on another date with that gentleman until you know what's going on. And you first got to make sure you go to God and say, God, is this even of you? Because some, some conversations don't need to be had if God did not even confirm it from the beginning. Hey, Coach Josh, tuning in from Jamaica. What's up, Monique? Thank you for watching. Thank you all so much for watching. You're welcome, Divine 15. Anytime. Um, let's keep going. Hope y'all are enjoying it so far. Maya says, give me one. Oh, there we go. Should you renounce or denounce people that you may have had an unhealthy soul tie to? Yeah, anything that's unhealthy, you got to cut off. Like I just found out or I'm in the process of figuring out if I have a gluten sensitivity, if I have a gluten allergy. If, I, if, 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 if what it is is true, because I went through a five-day bone broth fast, and now I'm eat, I'm kind of easing and eating certain foods, and now I'm getting bloating and stomach cramps. Now I got to figure out, hey, listen, coach got to get sleep. I'm in school now. And I deal with a clientele of kids. You see what I'm saying? That will push you to the brink. So I got to make sure nothing disrupts my sleep. Anything that dis disrupts my sleep, my peace, my, my joy, and, and my energy... I got to cut off if it's unhealthy and it's not a benefit to where I got to go. I got to cut off. And if it's gluten, gluten got to go. You see what I'm saying? No matter what it is, it got to go. And so to answer your question, should you renounce or denounce people that you may have? You just got to let people go. I don't I, Maybe not utilize those terminologies. I don't want you to go to the extreme where you become mean. But what you have to do is you have to love yourself enough, love yourself enough to loosen yourself enough from a situation that's not going to be a blessing to you. And so what I would do, if it's unhealthy, you cut them off. Now, there are certain people that you're not going to be able to cut off. Kids, you're going to be able to cut off kids, mama, daddy. We're talking about completely cut off, but you can lift in the rope. See what I'm saying? There are certain relationships that God wants you to be in later, but you got to lift in the rope and make a distance between you because if they fall off the cliff, if they fall off the cliff, there should be enough rope in between y'all two that you don't fall off with them. But there are certain people that is not in within any kind of close uh, range that God has placed you in life for a reason, but to be wise with, there are certain people that you you cut off exes, a, a, a situationship, an individual that's not walking the things of God, anything that's causing you harm or is, is affecting your peace of joy, you cut them off immediately. So it is perfectly okay to cut off or lifting the rope to people you have unhealthy soul tie with. Now, anything that causes your soul to be at, to be uneased or diseased, distant from ease. Disease is, th there's a distance between you and ease. Ease is a way of life where everything's in rhythm, everything's flowing well. Anytime you find yourself emotionally, uh, 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 at, if you find yourself emotionally uneased, mentally uneased, physically uneased, and it's an individual, then you got to love yourself enough to say, I'm not going to allow you and your actions to cause me when I, the first four or five hours of my day was great until I thought of you. Anytime something disrupts your day and causes your joy to go to sadness, that is an unhealthy soul tie. And if you're in a relationship with someone that causes that, that they know how to send buzzwords within your atmosphere to cause you to be connected to them in a negative way, cut that person because that's a toxic relationship, toxic friendship. You want relationships of treasure, not toxicity. Hope that helps. Uh, Shanisha says, I've heard men can have sex with multiple women without attachments. Is it still a soul tie there, even though they are detached from passing? Yeah, men, 
the penis is an interesting organ. Um, it has a mind of its own. Um, men who are lustful, lust has such a strong pull on men that it causes them not to really rationally think until weeks, months, years later. And they find themselves last sold to multiple women, but their ego keeps them from communicating how they really feel because a lot of men have a low self-esteem, high ego. A lot of men are, are have been molested. A lot of men have been done wrong. A lot of men had no guidance. A lot of men have been around a lot of uh, unnecessary men who's taught them the wrong way. And so they'll go through a period of time where they're just a dog and they're going to go through a period of time where they're having sex with many people. But there's going to come a time, five years, seven years, 10 years or six months or 12 months later where that man is hurting and most men can give off the persona that they're not hurt but deeply they are so so what i would suggest to you is not to be concerned about is this man in love with me even though he's having sex with multiple women is this man does he really care about me no he's in a place where his period where his where his private is 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 his leader and it, and, and when that thing is in charge and when lust is the dominant emotion in a man's heart it doesn't matter uh what psychologically is going on it won't be felt until lust is satisfied or it won't be felt until they really meet the one when I mean by the one, I'm talking about the one that's going to really break him down and make him really think about where he is going in life. And then that's when you get the big heck test. Then that's when you get the, hey, how you doing text? Because deeply they love you. Deeply they're into you, but they're not into you enough. They, the thing is, you don't want to be involved with a man who doesn't have self-control. A man who does not have self-control when it comes to his body, when it comes to sexual things, is not a man worth leading because that man is going through a whole phase. That man is trying to sow his royal oats because that's what he feel like a man is. No, a real man is a man who's able to control that. And he, this head leads him, the mind of Christ lead him, then his own private. So uh, you said you heard men can have sex with multiple women without attachment. They have attachments. And it's most of the time is demonic. And, and what, what most men fail to realize is that when they have a lustful demon in them, that demon is not, that, that sex that they're having is not feeding him. That sex is feeding the demon in him. So that lustful spirit is the one that's devouring the, the, the energy from the woman that has been savagely, uh, manipulatively uh, uh, dominated by sexual energy. So that demon is eating off of the hurt of that woman, is eating off the, the, the energy. You understand that anything we do bursts off a certain kind of energy, a certain kind of vibration. Demons eat off of that. They eat off of that because the more energy they can take from a person, the more control they have on that person. So that man is really hurting, but that demon is leading. And when that demon is leading, that means that demon is feeding. And when that demon is feeding, then that man is bleeding. That man is really hurting deep down. But since that demon is the dominant force inside of him, that man is in a sexual trance and a sexual place. But when he gets home, that man is tormented. That man doesn't really want to do it. And some men, they're just evil like that and they want to do it. But when that demon is done using that vessel and that man's uh, uh, is no longer used to that demon, that man will be emotionally, mentally distraught and really messed up. So do not allow demons to manipulate you into thinking I can change this man to manipulate you to thinking that this man loves you, even though he's out there. You got to leave that kind of man alone because lust is a devouring demon. That lust will, will take your energy and feed that man's ego and feed that demon's uh, agenda. And then you left their scraps at the dinner table so or in the bedroom. So is it still a soul tie there, even though they are detached? Yes. 
There's a lot of men who are or who are upset with themselves because of the women they have hurt it. They have hurt men who really don't want to do this, but they they had a porn addiction. There's a lot of men right now who really have a sex problem. They really have a lustful problem. And it all boils down to an experience they had when they was young, the the community that they surround themselves with, the the ideology they have received from music, movies, or whatever was in their environment, and the the demons that have been generation generationally placed on them. And now they're fulfilling the line, the lustful lineage of their past, and now they are confused and don't know how to be uh, detached. And if you're a man, listen to me right now. God is the only one able to free you. And you got to go to God and say, God, I'm tired of my lust leading me. God, deliver me, repent and watch God supernaturally heal you from it. But you got to want it bad enough. So hope that helped you. What's up, Natasha? Good evening. Brandon Guzmo Sanchez says, how do you deal with chasing people? I want to chase the creator how do you deal with chasing people? I want to chase the creator, but not people. Every time I need to go apply for a job, I'm chasing someone. How do you deal with that subject? Please answer. No problem, Brandon, man. One thing about coach, the new coach, who I am, Slim Rev, where I'm at in my life right now, I chase no one. I was going to post a status and do a video later about uh, uh, people of God don't chase anything because they have been already been pursued. It's something about the confidence that comes upon a daughter or a son of God when they know the value of God's pursuit of them. I'm writing in my book, I'm talking about uh, how a man should pursue a woman and woman should be pursued by a man. So I'm in that part in my new book. Can't tell you the title is so dope. I can't wait to get it to you. But I begin to talk about, you heard it said in many videos of mine that a man won't know how to pursue a woman and a woman won't know how to be pursued unless they both understand that they've been pursued by God. And many people will continue to chase people because they don't know the value of God's pursuit of them. God didn't chase us. God pursued us. Pursuit means intent. Intent from a place of peace, a pursuit in a place of, of promise. That I pursued you because I know I have a promise for you. I pursued you because I know that you're going to be in pace with me. I pursued you, God saying, because I know deep down inside that you long for the creator and that you're willing to open yourself to me. And so what happens with the believer when he understands or she understands that he or she has already been pursued by God, then he don't chase no man. Let God be true and every man a liar. I chase no one. People come find me. Money comes find me. Opportunities come find me because God has already sent it. When God created and formed me in my mother's room, there was a spawn of things already established throughout the many, how many ever years in my life that God has already set release timers, meaning as I follow in his will, as I walk with him, things are going to naturally be released on a timer based upon God's sovereign um, pre, uh, science, uh, uh, sovereign predestined nature, meaning that as I go into a phase of life, things are going to be released. Things are going to be released in a time span. And all I got to do is stay in rhythm and in pace with God. So those things will come meet me. Those things will come find me. Therefore, you don't chase money. You don't chase a job. Be at God's feet and trust that everything in your life is on a release timer. And when this timing comes, that thing will be released out of that person's hand. There is not a job that's meant for you that will not be given to you. There's not a dime out there that will, that that's for you that will not get to you. But when you chase it, it runs from you. When you walk with God, those things will come chasing you down. And I'm a living witness. I don't chase no more. I don't, I'm not chasing a platform. I'm not chasing a million subscribers. I'm not chasing a million followers. I'm not chasing 
chasing a million dollars. I'm not chasing for a million minds. All I got to do is be a, a be a presenter of one audience, knowing that if I stay faithful to God, stay true to God, whatever is for me will come to me at a specific time. And that boils down to you being renewed mentally on your position in God. When you know that you are son or daughter in God and you have an inheritance and you are joint heir with Christ, then you don't have nothing to worry because you will understand that as long as I got God on my side, everything else is, is, is what it is. And that I know for a fact that my God owns a cattle on a thousand hills, that he's the provider to the things that it's going to provide for me, which means I love when he God says he owns a cattle on a thousand hills, meaning that the grass is a resource that feeds the cow which feeds you. Therefore, God owns the hills. Hills mean grass will naturally grow in a season. Grass will continue to grow, meaning that things will continue to birth residual dividends for you. Things will continue to grow for you to feed the thing that's going to be feeding you. So not only does God provide for you, but he provides for the provision. He provides for the cow that's going to provide for you the meat you need to have the energy to go forward. Therefore, I already know that God has the wealth of the wicked laid up for me that I got inheritance and I got people right now got money reserved for me and they don't even know it. I got people right now that God is going to touch in this in his perfect timing to release whatever belongs to me. And you have to be confident in that. You see what I'm saying, fam? People ain't nothing compared to a God. You talking to a guy who is completely released from the approvals of others completely free from the need of others. Coach don't need nobody. I got God. And if you, if God sends you my life, good. If God don't, good. We good over here. And that's the mindset you got to have. People are flesh. You got to put your trust in a God and watch God. It don't, I don't care how they hold that job in front of you. I don't care what they're dangling in front of you. If it's yours, they got to release it. Uh, look at the children of Israel with, with, um, with Pharaoh. Pharaoh wasn't trying to let them people go, but God said, I don't care how strong grip Pharaoh has on what I have for you. Not only did Pharaoh let them go, but Pharaoh let them go with gold. God said, it don't matter what that person is withholding from you. They will have to release even 10 times fold into your hand. Trust God. Let people get there as fast as they want to. You stay in pace with God and watch the right job coming. Do you know how many jobs I applied for, but strategically the job that God wanted me to have, I got. And it's crazy how we waste so much time and energy worrying when God has already worked it out. Why worry about a thing that God has already worked out before you was even formed in your mother's womb? So you have to get to a place mentally where you're at a place of peace, where you're at a place of peace and understanding the promises of God, and that you begin to walk in pace with him every day, believing and receiving because of your position in him as a son or daughter, that you will have everything he has for you at his perfect timing. When you can trust God's timing, you don't got to be timid. You don't got to be tight about what another man is doing because you know when is your time. Listen, coach ain't worrying about nothing because when is my time? Ain't a devil, ain't a person in this realm that can stop it. That's why coach chill because if it ain't my time, I ain't going to waste energy worrying about it and neither should you. So how do you deal with chasing people? Don't chase them. Chasing people for what? People so fickle, they'll change up on I got people that I used to chase that I don't even chase now, and they trying to chase me. Things that I was chasing for when I stopped chasing, they start chasing. Listen, when you put your energy towards something, it runs from you, manipulatively using you. 
So if you, it's crazy when you stop, when that woman stops feeling your energy, pursuing her, then you got her attention. Ain't it crazy that when you like somebody and they feel your attention, but they don't really like you at the level of you liking them, that they'll, they'll manipulatively use your energy towards them to fulfill their ego or for men, women feel their emo, their emotions. But the moment you cut that energy off from them and you start focusing on you, then they want your attention. That's energy. People when people love to control your focus. And the moment you're not focused on them, then that's when it comes out. That's in everything in life. If you focus on money instead of focus on a mission, money will run from you and it will leave little coins to keep you chasing it. But when you focus on a mission and you focus on a master, money's going to try to come to come for chase after you because your focus ain't on money. If you focus on relationship, you're going to be single for a while. If you focus on money, you're going to be broke for a while. But if you focus on God, you will find yourself fully surrounded with the relationships that you need in your life and fully surrounded by provisions because your focus is on the right thing. Hope to help. Good questions, y'all. Good. Oh, man. Uh oh, got to scroll up. All right. Great questions, y'all. This is a powerful session. I, I, I feel it. All right, here we go. Lucinda says, is it possible to be so tied to someone over a decade? Extremely possible. It's evident that there's something there, but no relationship, just undeniable chemistry as if you're drawn to that person. You understand there's two types of effects of chemistry. Either chemistry makes oxygen or chemistry can make an explosion. It's your choice. It's still chemistry, but what's the, what's the fruit of that chemistry? And so what most people have, they have these situationships, they have these relationships that last for years and it has no common goal, don't have no common interest. All that's there is sexual chemistry or creative chemistry. And what's got to be very careful about that is uh, 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 common, let's, let's make it simple, common chemistry, uh, creative chemistry, and 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 um, what's the C word for sexual? Anyway, com a companionship chemistry, right? Or or whatever. So that's common chemistry, meaning oh, we we come from the same block, we have the same <clears throat> understandings. There's a common interest there. So whatever, let's see what this can be about. There's creative chemistry that, wow, you dope, I'm dope. We're both poets. We're both speakers. We're both creatives. we both whatever. And that chemistry draws you. Just because you're compatible doesn't mean that's your companion. People think compatibility is the end-all, be-all of confirmation from God. Just because you're compatible, let me cut my light on. Just because you're compatible doesn't mean that y'all supposed to be each other's companion. And most people do that. They think, oh, we have something in common. Oh, we're creative. Oh, we got this uh, climactic sexual energy. So this must be something. No. Just because there's chemistry or compatibility doesn't mean. Do you know how many people that you're compatible with? <clears throat> do you know how many people could be your husband and it could work out decently? But what do you want? Do you want a decent relationship or do you want a destined relationship? There's two totally different things. You can have a destructive relationship, a decent relationship, or a destined relationship. It's all on your choice. A lot of people, chemistry ends up explosion, destructive relationship. Two people, very compatible, love God, decent outcome, decent relationship, but there was no destiny. And all y'all do is serve the church and do mundane things, go out and be a, and be, and lead a small group. That's cool, but it's decent. That's a decent relationship. You want a destined relationship. An individual that was given to you by God, 
that will not waste a decade, but will be a blessing for decades. You see what I'm saying? So it's all your choice. Either either y'all come together and when y'all mix together, oh, it's cool, but five moments later, it's an explosion. Or you can say, you know what? It's just best to stick with hydrogen. It's best to stick with whatever. Let me be with someone that's going to make oxygen so that we both and our children can breathe instead of be, instead of creating a carbon dioxide, even though it's silent, uh, even though we can't smell what's going on, see what's going on, but we end up dying in the process. You can make carbon monoxide or you can make oxygen. It's your choice. A lot of people are suffocating themselves, suffocating their children because what they're doing is creating carbon monoxide. But when you are in a destined relationship and y'all creating oxygen, everything and anyone within your grasp or within your reach will be able to breathe because of the breath of life of God that was breathed, breathed into their relationship, proving that it was destined to be together from the beginning. So is it possible to be soul tied to someone over a decade? You best believe it. It's evident that there's something there, but no relationship, just undeniable chemistry. Undeniable chemistry showed you where you've been in the last decade. Y'all not together. Y'all not in a marriage. Y'all not whatever. But at the end of the day, destructive, decent, or destined. Carbon monoxide or oxygen. What do you want to make out of your life? It's best to wait for the perfect time of God to be unified with the individual that God has placed in your life. Hope to help. Coach, what's up, Natasha? Coach, let me make sure I got everybody. Okay, cool. Coach, can you talk more about God removing people for your protection and how do we re- do and and how do we return favor? I finally see He's been protecting me, but how do I stay focused and trust this next season? God is always going to bring you to the uncomfortable. Therefore, you got to care more about the Savior than you do the season you desire. When you care and begin to understand and begin to really digest the attributes of God, then no matter where he takes you, even though it's unfamiliar and uncomfortable, the fact that you're with the person that you know, like it's one thing driving with with someone who knows where they're going, who's familiar with the terrain, than with someone that, that says they know, but really doesn't know. There's a confidence that comes with when you're with someone who knows how to fly a plane, that knows how to drive, that who knows how to operate any any transportive uh, 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 mechanism because you know that this person is very familiar with the with the mechanism, the transportive device, car, plane, train, whatever. So I trust them because I know they're 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 proven. You see what I'm saying? Or they're trustworthy. The less you know about God, wherever God takes you, you're going to be questioning God. Like God, are you sure? Because we as humans want to be comfortable. We as humans want to be safe, but oftentimes walking with God is very uncomfortable. So to break down your question specifically, you says, coach, can you talk more about God removing people for your protection? When you understand that it was God removing them, then you don't have to question it because you know God has the highest vantage point of your life. That if God removed them, he removed them for a reason. I, 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 I love God so much and I let God do what he wants that it doesn't matter what he takes from me, you can have it. I've been in that place before where I got upset with God. Why'd you take her? Why'd you take them? Why are they removed? Where's everyone? Till I realized they wasn't valuable. They wasn't really what God wants me in, this, in my life. And I realized the older I got, the more seasoned I got as an individual, I began to realize God knows what's best. And so either you want to be protected 
or you want to be rejected. The Bible says he resists the proud and give grace to the humble. Either you're going to allow yourself to be protected or allow yourself to be rejected. And God's going to be like, not rejecting you from his love. What I mean by that is that, all right, you want to be proud. I'm going to let you do what you want to do. And you're going to see that this thing ain't going to work out for your favor. You see what I'm saying? So what I would do is, is renew your mind on the fact that if God removes it, he removed it for a reason that is for your best interest, right? And how do we return favor? I don't understand that part of your question, but I'm sure as I scroll down, I'll be able to see. But you did say, I finally see he's been protecting me, but how do I stay focused and trust his next season? You stay focused by developing fellowship. Developing fellowship means I'm intentionally I'm intentionally investing in God. I'm intentionally, let me turn my light on a little bit more. It's getting dark now. You got to say, okay, God, I'm going to keep my eyes on you. I'm going to continue to invest in my fellowship with you by adhering to the fundamentals. Because when you adhere to the fundamentals with just any relationship, there are fundamentals for every relationship. Communication, understanding, empathy, grace, personal development. These are things that are components in a relationship. When you have grace in a relationship, when you have growth in a relationship, when you have God, like these are these are fundamental things that blossoms in a relationship, right? The proper communication, the proper empathy, the proper understanding, the proper personal development. These are components that if you stay faithful in developing at its fundamental uh, sense, then you will begin to see your fellowship with God grow. And you know, and you won't even mind where your foot treads because you know if God led your feet there, then you're then you're qualified for that place. So fellowship is very important and understanding the fundamentals are very important. Dialogue, conversation, prayer, uh, 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 repentance. You see what I'm saying? These are all very valuable things that will help you stay focused in a new season, knowing that you're protected. Hope to help. Thank you so much, family. No problem, Zandra. Man, I hope I said your name right, fam. Hi, I'm having a problem starting my book or what to talk about. Woo, y'all, y'all know when I get to that book. That's that's my bag. You see that when I this, this this when it gets to books, when it gets to all that kind of stuff, I love to help people. Now let's break it down. Now let's break it down. Now you having problems starting my book? See, starting is probably the hardest thing, and what helps you start is developing the right systems, developing customizable systems for you. Meaning, um, number one, um, knowing your specific delivery knowing your specific voice, knowing your specific structure, uh, knowing your specific uh, um, outcomes for your book. So what happens is that before you start a book, you have to do the groundwork. Number one, you got to write down your theme. What's the theme of this book? The theme doesn't necessarily have to be the title, but it's just your theme. What is the theme of this book? Um, like the book that I'm writing now is about confirmation. I've I felt it dropped in my heart like a ton of bricks maybe four months ago. God was like, people don't know the differences between uh, 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 what's real and what's fake. A lot of people don't really know uh, 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 discernment and, and how I confirm things. And so confirmation was a theme. And from that confirmation, from that theme, confirmation, in, in relationships, how to know if it's the right one, is it the right job, is it the right season, etc. Then it birthed the title. Now, sometimes a title don't come until later, but when you have a theme, this is what you do. You develop, you develop every you squeeze, every point, every angle about that theme. Confirmation when it comes to relationships, confirmation when it comes to uh, 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 purpose and destiny, confirmation when it comes to uh, uh, whatever the opposite. So, there's a lot of sub points that I wrote down maybe two to three pages worth. I left them at the house, 
or left them in my job. How many, I mean, I got four or five pages of bullet points because I squeezed everything from the word of God. I squeezed everything from my life experiences and I squeezed everything that I've mastered in my life on that topic and I put it all on paper and I did it with the Holy Ghost. You see what I'm saying? And so if you don't know what to talk about, then it's not time to talk about it. So sometimes we want to start a book. We want to start something, but we don't know what to talk about. You only do when you have received. So meaning I don't just write books to write them. I write them when it's given to me. So what I want to tell you, uh, uh, sis, is that if you have a problem starting your book, it's probably because there hasn't been no river of revelation that gripped you so much that there was an underflowing current that pulled you into the sea of, of, of wisdom and knowledge about your book that you can't help but write. And if you haven't got there yet, then it must not be nothing for you to talk about. But if you do have something to talk about and you have a writer's block or you have some type of resistance, that's when you just spend some time with God and say, Holy Spirit, I need I need you to reveal to me what it is that you wanted me to reveal to people. And he'll give you a theme. He'll take you to the word. He'll have you squeeze from the word of God, scripture that goes along with that. He'll have you squeeze out of your life, all the experience that can contribute to that. And he'll squeeze all of the practices and systems that he wants you to deliver that has been proven in your life to benefit you along that theme. And then you will find your fingers going like this and you'll end up finding your book written. That's how coach got the six books. Now writing his seventh one, already got seven or eight books listed out already because I know as soon as he gives it to me, I'm gone. This book that I'm writing now wasn't even supposed to be written right now. I was going to write some other book. I was going to write a book on, on how to discover your purpose. I was going to do that. And God was like, nah, son, write this. And when you're in rhythm with God, you won't be just doing things to be doing them. You will do them because there's a purpose behind it and you've been released to do it. So that's that's my advice on that. And uh, if you don't have anything to talk about, don't 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 um, burden yourself with it, because if you don't have anything to say, then don't say anything. But when God does give you something to say, go to the, about the 37, 38 minute mark of this video when it posts and you will begin to replay uh, uh, what I just said that will kind of help bring clarity when it comes to writing that amazing book that God has inside of you. Oh, okay. what's up? Hello, queens and kings of the most high. That's what's up. Bring a positive energy to the chat. Bronx, what's up, Adriana? What's going on? New York in the building, New York. Your, wait, what, what does your mean? Are y'all having a seizure, stroke or something? When y'all say your, I'm like, what's going on? Y'all gonna having a stroke? But that's just New York. People, y'all, y'all cool. Y'all too fresh. I ain't even gonna clown y'all. But that your ain't gonna, you know, I'm just, let me stop, let me stop. I'm just messing with you. Adriana, she's one of my clients. I'm just messing with. Good day, family. That's what's up, coach. How long did it take you to break strongholds of lust in your life? Was it a process? It was a process. Things progress based upon your mind's progression. Things progress based upon your mental progression. The Bible says you transform by the renewing of your mind. When my mind was renewed on what lust really is or what lust was or what pornography is or was, or what uh, uh, the components of lust was, if I get down to the bottom floor, lust was basically insecurities, was basically a false lie that I believe that, uh, well, well, Josh, don't have sex, but go go do this with pornography because at least you're not having sex. And when I begin to layer the different sins, well, I say, well, this ain't as bad as having sex. I'm still a virgin, but I'm over here still messing around. You see what I'm saying? Or And so when I begin to realize the BS that I was telling myself, and the, and 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 the ne and the negative effects that lust has on my life, it would and could have potentially had in my relationship. Once the mind has been renewed, it's easy to release things. When your mind has been renewed on what 
A thing is, it's ease to release it. Now, in the releasing of it is based upon how long you've held it. And God is a realist. There, there, there could be drastic deliverance and people think that everything is drastic, but there's too much detail and too much layers in a person's life when it comes to specific sins that some things take weeks, if not years to heal from. And people be looking at you like, why haven't you got over this? And you like, bro, I was with this demon for 17 years. I know nothing different. When people have been in prison for a long period of time for 10 or 20 years, the world changes now by 10 month increments, a six month increments. And if the world keeps changed, but you stuck in the same place, then when you come out of that prison, the world is different. You see things different and it takes you time to become accustomed to living a sexual, uh, a, a less free life. You see what I'm saying? Like I like right now I'm going through a glute. I'm, I'm, I'm getting rid of gluten, man. I found out that gluten is, 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 is messing with my system. But do you know how painful it is to have to let go powdered donuts? Do you know the pain that it's going to have that I'm, the adjustments I have to go through to let go of of the sweet and beautiful experience that I've had for with certain delicacies because of the gluten in them. I don't know what gluten free tastes like, but I'm excited about it because I rather eat something that won't disturb me than to to settle for something that will disrupt me. See what I'm saying? So once you understand that, the Holy Spirit is gentle. God is dope enough where he said, you know what? I already know. I know that I've set you free. You've been set free spiritually. You've been set free from the, from the consequence of that sin. You've been set free through salvation. But now your mind has to be set free along those lines. And for some people, it may take some time, but it all boils down to the progressiveness that you have into being free. The more you allow your mind to be renewed, the quicker it is. But a lot of people don't have the right people around them and the right systems around them to help them be delivered so quickly. And that's why churches are failing people. Churches are failing people because they care so much about the crowds and they do helping the convert. They care so much about evangelizing or being available for the seeker, uh, the, the, uh, to be friendly seekers, friendly to the seekers. Many are being uh, uh, fundamentally uh, positioned to help the believer. And churches are failing people. Churches are supposed to be a gym and a hospital. Hospital to get you delivered, a rehab center to get you back on your feet, and a gym to keep you in shape. But churches are just nothing but an entertainment complex and don't care nothing about your personal development. There's a lot of people that could have been freed long ago, but because the churches around them are distracted, a lot of people ain't being delivered. So to specifically answer your question, how long did it take to break a stronghold? I can't remember how long it took, but I know how long it's been. You see what I'm saying? It's been a very long time. Now, when you're dealing with a world that's lustful, does coach still got to cast down vain imaginations? Those imaginations may not even be mine, but there's just imaginations that was shot in my mind to try to get me falling back in different life. Do you best believe that coach ain't stupid, that coach don't stand because he takes heed because he knows if I think I stand on pornography and I stand on lust and I know for a fact that look at me, I, no, no, I don't care about how long I've overcame. I'm just glad I overcame today by the help of the Holy Ghost. Because when you start getting your own pride, that's when you'll fall back into lust again. Mm -mm -mm. Coach, don't trust coach. Coach got systems on his phone. Coach got accountability. Coach got things in place that if coach loses his mind, lust ain't within arm's reach. So that I hope that helped you, fam. Um, and what I mean by arm's reach is, is that Many of us, we break free from things, but keep it close. The Bible says, lay aside every sin and weight that so easily besets you and run with endurance. 
the race that's been given to you. See what I'm saying? So you got to be able to say, okay, what are the things in my life that's aiding? So that's the conception of lust, the contribute, the, the, the conception of lust, the contributions to lust, and the cycles of lust, right? So there's the conception. When did this lust conceive? Is there a place where I need, does, is there a person that I need to forgive? Is there something that I need to do here to block that door? Most people try to treat the symptoms and lust is very tricky because lust is a byproduct of something deeper. Okay. Lust is a byproduct of something deeper. So most churches and most people say, treat the symptoms. We are doctors, not healers. A lot of preachers are not healers. They're just doctoring. They're just doctoring the situation. But no, you got to be a healer. And what healer will have you go to the conception. So if lust is in your life, you got to go all the way to the conception and say, okay, what conceived this? Am I, am I mad at my pops? Am I mad at my mom? Was it when I was 17 and not 17, but eight years old or seven years old, 11 years old when I was exposed when did this lust conceive? Now, when you find the conception, the Holy Spirit will make you confess the things that will get that legal document um, uh, updated for the demons to not have legal right to bother you anymore because you've already confessed and been set free from the conceptual roots of why you've been connected to that sin. Then once you begin to be clear of the, and, and clarify about what got you rooted in that sin and what conceived it, now the Holy Spirit will show you the things that was contributing to that, which means I got to delete this app. I got to get rid of this show. I got to stop watching this, listening to this, being around these people. Now you start cutting off the contributors. Then once the contributors have been cut off, the cycle will then be broken and it won't be passed down to your sons and your daughters. See what I'm saying? That's what you got to do. There's levels to this thing. And most people only swim on the shallow waters, but never get deep to the situation. They only allow us to be doctored. And you'll be free from pornography for seven for seven days or seven weeks or seven months. But then you always find yourself in a period of time falling back into it because you never dealt with the root issue. The root demon is the one that props the door open for other demons. So that root demon saying, you let lust go out of your life, but I, you still got the door open demon in your life. You still got that root demon in your life that's still propping the door open. The Bible says when a person has been swept or clean, that spirit will leave the house. But if you ain't dealt with that root demon, that root demon will then bring seven others stronger than he to make sure that you won't even be able to, to mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually break free. And so many people got so much on top of them. And the systems around them are not strong enough to help them that the demon says, we're going to make sure that you become even more intoxicated by this, even more involved in this. We're going to add you. We're going to add, we're going to bring the baddest girls around you. And that's why, fellas, don't count it strange when beautiful and bad women start liking you. They don't like you for you. Them demons said, I know this type of woman is going to have this man off his mind. He never had a woman like her. I'm going to bring my selective beauties to bring him into his life so that what this woman, what, dem, what the demon that's in this woman is going to be such a Delilah that it's going to cut his strength. Because Samson wasn't supposed to die that way, y'all. Samson wasn't supposed to. Fellas, listen to me. Some of y'all are on your way to a death. Even though you may get your strength back, you're only going to get it back for a moment. And listen, a lot of men's strength has been cut short. A lot of people, men's destiny has been cut short because they impregnated a devil. A lot of men, a lot of men's destiny has been cut short because they have impregnated a devil. And now that devilish woman, Delilah, is still in your life because you impregnated someone that wasn't supposed to know where your strength is. Fellas. Keep playing with lust 
And the devil will lead a woman in your life that will be a thorn in your side all the days in your life. Hope you listen to this warning. And there's a lot of men right now that can testify right now. Coach is right because now they still stuck with that Delilah years later. And their purpose and strength has been cut short because they got consequences and responsibilities. And now they got to tend the land like Adam and Eve that they was supposed to tend. Either you're going to tend with thorns and thistles or you're going to tend with a, where the ground has already been tended. Are you going to be kicked out of your eating or are you going to tend your eating? It all boils down to you as a man and your decision making. Hope that helps. Hope that helps, Chris. Stop. Asian, what's up? Would God let you know if you are ready to be pursued? God will let you know. And I think people want to be let known instead of being led. A lot of things ain't going to be communicated. It's just going to be the communication is going to be in the leading. You'll just feel the Holy Spirit. You'll be like, man, this just, I just know this is right. There's, this is something, this is different in all other situations. This pursuit is different than all other guys' pursuits of me. You see what I'm saying? There, sometimes his presence communicates. Sometimes his peace communicates. Sometimes his 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 silence communicates. You know what I'm saying? And many of us are looking for a word, looking for a writing on the wall, but God is saying, just let me lead you. And then you letting me lead you and making a habit of me leading you, you'll be able to see the man that I'm leading towards you to pursue you and lead you with me. The thing about God is he's going to give you a man that's going to lead you with him. He's going to have a place where he begins to put you behind the man and he's going to be the pull of that man while the man's uh, uh, be the pull of you and if you be the pull of the family of the children. You see what I'm saying? That's the order God wants. But when God, uh, yeah, he'll let you know when it's ready to be pursued. But you ain't, he ain't going to tell you ready to be pursued without a pursuer. The, the way you know that you ready to be pursued is when God brings that person in your face and be like, hey, Adriana, how you doing? And it's going to be something different about that man's presence, because if you don't know the presence of God, you won't be able to discern the presence of a person that's pursuing. What I mean by that, a man of God is going to have a familiar presence. Woo! A, a man of God, women who's been sent to you is going to have a familiar presence of the heavenly father that saved you. So what I mean by that is if you don't know the presence of God, you won't be able to discern the presence by which this man is brought to you. See what I'm saying? Because every man that's pursuing you has been sent to you one or two ways. And the man that God has for you is going to have a familiar presence of the heavenly father. And you're going to be like, wow, there's something different about this because it's going to be a presence that be, is a confirming presence to let y'all know. Y'all supposed to be with each other. And then is the moment. That will be the moment that you know that you're ready to be pursued. God ain't going to let you be like, you're ready to be pursued and doesn't have a pursuer because now you out there open. You Listen, a lot of women, a lot of people are open for many um, suitors, but you're only supposed to open yourself for the one that God has for you. Hope they help. Good questions, y'all. Preach, but oh, y'all, oh, y'all help me preach now. Okay. Uh oh. Amen, 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 amen. Okay, here we go. The source and the resource in the same land. That's right, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Preach, brother. Oh, yeah. Holy Spirit is preaching on today. I trust God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Rev. No problem. God gets the glory. I was destined. Uh, I know. I was, was you a destined relationship. Oh, y'all talking about that. Oh, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm catching up with y'all. How do I stay positive about my relationship with, with the man, with with the man I'm about to marry. And why do women always have something bad to say about a good man that their friend is? Oh my goodness. Let me read your question again. Cause I got to calm myself. Cause I was about to just let, I was about to just, I was about to encourage you in the Lord. How do I stay positive about my relationship with my, with the man I'm about to marry? And why do women always, because women, there are some selfish, 
envious women out there that don't want to see another woman happy. And women, come on, fellas too. Don't get mad when it's somebody else's turn. As long as you in the right line, your turn will come. All I know, I'm in the right line. There's nothing worse than having a buggy full or having a hands full in the wrong line. You see what I'm saying? Do you know how much time we waste being in the wrong line? But if you're in the right line and they have and that and that establishment or that that place has it's not like Popeye selling out a chicken. You see what I'm saying? But it has like Chick-fil-A in abundance. See? See, let me let me take my let me go down this journey. See, I I, I love what God is doing with Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A was not moved by Popeye's because while Popeye's out of chicken, people are coming to the source, the beginning of a thing. You see, the originator of a thing. And see, people are gonna have their moments. But when you have been consistent in the moment that you have, when people lose their moment, because people get envious about what somebody else has, but you don't even know if that was a God thing. See, at least I know where Chick-fil-A's chickens come from, but that Popeye's chicken was so big, I was like, bro, I don't know what's in this chicken, and it can't be organic stuff, right? But I digress. But what I'm trying to say to you is, people, anytime you your authentic self, people got always got something to say about it. When you are in the things of God, people always got something to say about it because people are just not happy. People are just not happy with their life. Therefore, they don't want you happy with yours. Now, let's get to the first part of the question. How do I stay positive in my relationship with my man? You stay positive because that's your man. Do not allow, do not allow outside people inside of your life. There are outside people and there's inside people. If if negativity outside of you is disrupting the positivity that you have within your man, you're going to make your man frustrated because you allowing what other women got to say to make you feel whatever. Listen, if they're not praising, if they're not praying, if they're not pushing, if they're not prepping, if they're not if they're not a positive presence, you shut them out. You not happy? Like, do you know how many people was not happy that Slim Rev met his wife? Do you think I care? Do you think I care? I do not care what anybody got to say or what anybody got to feel. When I know that God felt the right way about the one that I have, I'm not going to allow the negativity of other people outside to affect the positivity on the inside. So how do you stay positive? It's to remind yourself why you're here in the first place. Remind yourself why you're here. If you keep positivity in, keep your mind pressed in on the purpose of why you in it. Purpose trumps everything. When I know the purpose of a thing and I remind myself often, I find myself forgetting what was even trying to be problematic to the purpose that I'm pursuing. So do not allow these women who are hurt and ain't doing nothing with their singleness, hurt from what Ray Ray did in them, and they don't got no value and self-esteem in themselves to cause you to question what God has already answered. Anytime a person questions, calls you to question what God has already answered, then they're not supposed to be a part of the equation. Some of us got people a part of the equation messing up, messing up the answer. No. And the reason why women always have something to say, bad to say about a good man is that they don't believe good men exist. Elijah was up under the tree talking about, you know, am I the only one? And God said, man, I got plenty of other people that ain't bowed down. I got 5,000 men. 
people always receive intel. People, people mess themselves up when they receive intel from hurt people. So if, if you always hear there's no good man on the radio, that there's no good man on the television show, there's no good man everywhere you all you hear is there's no good man. There's a lot of good men. But you have to understand the goodness of a man is not in who he is, is who he is in Christ. That's what makes a man good because of the good and finished work of Christ. Right. So the reason why women always have something bad to say about a good man that their friend is with is because they what they really want what you have. And if they're if they're your friend, they won't be saying some of the things they're saying. A real friend is going to be like, I, I celebrate y'all genuinely. I, I, I'm praying for y'all fervently. You see what I'm saying? And I'm here if y'all need me. You see what I'm saying? That's a real friend. But number one reason, they want your man. Number two, their minds are so warped that they believe that there's no good man out there. So they're trying to protect you from something that God has already promised you. It's a lot of different reasons why women uh, have something to say about a good man that their friend is with. You might just want to question your friendship. And that's what happens when you get married. You lose people. Because you have a focus now and not too many people who've never been married, who don't, don't have a mission minded marriage. You gotta have a mission minded marriage. My, my next book is going to be talking about that after this one. Maybe whoever, whatever God wants me to do. Having a mission mind, you know, having a mind that's missional. You see what I'm saying? And many people won't be able to flood that mission because now you have a joint mission with a specific person. Perfect person, And some friends are going to be able to digest that and then they'll find themselves cast to the side. Hope they help. LeBlanca says, can keeping items received in previous relationship create a soul tie? You best believe it because of the because of the psychological effects of, of, of that item. And what I mean by that is because that thing was given to you by a specific person, that thing now has, it personifies that person. See what I'm saying? It personifies that person, meaning it will always spark a memory. And if you haven't been set free from that person, then you might want to set that thing outside your house in a trash can sent up the road because that thing will always be used to send up and to send or, or shoot rockets of thoughts to your mind to make you all in your feelings again. So can keeping items for even the previous relationship create a soul tie? Do physical items carry stuff? Hope that makes sense. They sure do. They carry the persona of that person. They they That one item will immediately take you to the moment, the place, and the culture that was around your relationship at that moment when you received it. And if you're not healed from that relationship, that thing will always take you back to a place that you haven't been healed from. So that's why it's best to burn some of that stuff and you let, let some of that stuff go uh, and, and throw it away and give it away. Even if it's, even if it's, even if it's precious. Now, if it's expensive and whatever, whatever, whoop, 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 you better get over and keep, put it in the closet until you get healed from it. Cause that Gucci bag, you know, that Louis bag, you know what I'm saying? You know, whatever they gave you that cologne, listen, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? You got to get over it so you can, so you can have the right mindset to keep the expensive things. But if you can't control yourself, you're all over the place, then get rid of everything that was given to you by that relationship. Cause that thing would be the, 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 the personified, uh, um, um, tool use of the individual sparking progressive thoughts that will cause you in a, it will cause you to dive into a, a, a state that you don't want to be all the time. Hope that we've been going for an hour. Y'all got to go soon. So let me see how many questions I have left. Can you have an unhealthy soul tied to your spouse? You definitely can. An unhealthy soul tied to a spouse is when you make that spouse God to you. 
or when you make that spouse everything to you, when that spouse not in his or her rightful place, that person can now create an unhealthy soul tie. Because if you if you really want them to have this bad enough, if you really want them to get to this place bad enough, if you really want something bad for a person, sometimes we can puff them up in a place where they become our focus and not God being your focus. Anytime they become your focus over God, you are now creating another soul tie, and it happens with kids. There's a lot of parents who live vicariously through their kids. And what I mean by that is they want this thing so bad for their kid, and they don't trust God with them. You see what I'm saying? You got to trust God for your spouse and trust God for your children so you don't create unhealthy soul ties to them. And so that's very true. When your, when your dominant focus is on them continuously, or longer than it should, then you're going to create a, a soul tie in your heart, mentally, emotionally, where your focus and everything's on them and not in God or on God and helping them and being a great resource for them. Hope they help. Let me see how many questions I have. Oh, I don't have that many left. All right. Make sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. I've been isolated from family, friends, and church community for five years after various rejections or hurts. How can I gain back faith, confidence, and trust in building relationships with God, people again? I trust, bro. I've been there. I've been there. Trust me. Coach has been there. One of the strongest things the devil has used against me and but can't use against me now is abandonment. Man, I struggled with abandonment and rejection because... I was always the friend zone guy. I was always, when I shot my shot, I was blocked. You see what I'm saying? Um, people will only be around me for a season or a period of time and then out of nowhere leave. And uh, um, I struggled with abandonment as an only child because my mom worked many jobs. And my mom did never abandoned me, but it was almost like, is, is there anybody around that I can really? So I, I went through decades, two decades and some change of, of, of dealing with the emotional uh, residues or the, the, the floods of abandonment. And so what helped me overcome my abandonment was becoming aware of the one that never abandoned me. Right? So what you do is before you, even before you, and the beautiful thing about what you're going through is God's doing when you've gone through rejection and abandonment, God begin, begins to remove you from certain groups to renew your mind on who he is to you so that when you're re, uh, released back into those groups, you're so content in your friendship with God. You're so solid in your friendship with God that it doesn't matter what happens in the church or with your friends or with love. You're not moved by it deeply. You're going to be moved by it because you're human. You're going to be disappointed in life. You're going to be upset in life. You're going to be sad in life. The Bible even says it's okay to be angry, but sin not. It's okay to be sad and sin not. It's okay to be disappointed, but sin not. There's certain things you cannot do because in doing it, it's a sin like greed, lust, and et cetera. But these are natural human emotions from human experiences that are under, that's expected from you. So when you understand that, you will begin to be so content in God, you and God, that no matter what relationship you step into, if they leave, well, yeah, I'm disappointed. I'm bothered by it, but I'm not distraught. You see what I'm saying? So God isolates you for a reason so that you can find the reason of you and the reason for him in your life so that when you're released back into your family, released back into your church and released back into your community, you are content and confident 
and who and what you and God have. That's why it doesn't matter where me and my wife go because I'm confident in what we have. Nothing can can shuffle me because I'm confident in what we have. We have communion. We we have a community with each other. We have you see what I'm saying. And so we have that community with God and that common interest with God and that common focus with Him. Then when you step into these places, even though people may be fickle or whatever or disappoint you, you're not going to be easily moved because you know who's with you. You see what I'm saying? Moses wouldn't have been able to deliver those two million people if he didn't have that burning bush experience. But he was at that burning bush alone. See what I'm saying? So when he was in that burning bush, he received confidence. He was like, but God, who's going to hear me? I got this stuttering. God said, who made your mouth? He'll bring confidence knowing that I'm the one that gave you that mouth. I'm the one that gave you this assignment. And then God sent him back into Egypt. <clears throat> God drifted him out of Egypt. He felt rejected and abandoned or he felt whatever left Egypt, found himself in an isolated land. God met him there in that burning bush. God was the one that drew him there to meet him at the bush. And when he met him at the bush and realized what his purpose was, God sent him right back in to deliver. But if you're not delivered, you're not going to be able to deliver. So that's what you have to do. <clears throat> you have to be delivered. You have to deepen your devotion and understand your destiny. So that when you release back into wherever it is that you're going, it doesn't matter what Pharaoh got to say. It doesn't matter what the people got to say. You know what God has already said. Hope to help. I'm going to try some vegan donuts, man. I'm going to try some vegan and gluten-free stuff. I, you know what I'm saying? Coach don't mind tasting new stuff, especially if I can get rest and sleep and enjoy in the Holy Ghost. You know what I'm saying? So, so that's that's where I'm at on now. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna I'm gonna try some vegan stuff. See, I can't get rid of meat, man. Coach be eating the grass fed stuff. Coach doing good. I just found out today about this thing called Glee G H E E. It's, it's a, 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 a butter. Um, it's a type of butter um, that's healthy for you. Like Coach, Coach always evolving the health stuff. But I said gluten. Gluten got me feeling like this. I bet I ain't even know with no gluten in it no more. Hope to help. Well, not that part. But what I said before that part. Do you need to smoke anything to find? Uh, Dustin the dying doesn't done. The need slaves is not kosher. If you're gonna die, die in the desert. All right. And we're gonna take care of this. So basically, let's keep going. When I found out. Uh, Oh, my bad. Did I delete him on accident? Did he was y'all wish having a conversation? My bad. Oh, okay. When I found out interdimensional beings own this reality, then I started being in peace. Probably not a good place to be in peace, my friend. The devil is the god of this world, and this world is going to hell in a handbasket. But the one that can hand you uh life and life more abundantly and take you to a place of, of dominance and all that stuff in this realm is the is the spirit of God who governs. The children of God in this realm. Last question. And I'm, oh, thank you, Adrian. I appreciate you because it's going to be the last question. <laughs> what tips do you have in silencing the mind to hear God? I'm noticing that I'm constantly, that I'm constantly keep my mind occupied, that I can't keep my mind still. Oh, man, y'all, y'all, y'all are asking questions on purpose by God, I believe, because these are some of the things that I've experienced in my own life. Um, Let me tell you this. Um. The mind, if you have the type of mind that I have, I have a very calculative, uh, 
I have an Intel, top of the Intel processor type of mind. Uh, my mind can grab a thing and psh, 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 things over here, things over here, things over here, things over here. And what I realized was um, I got tired of my mind making me tired. It's that simple. I really got tired of my mind making me tired. So what I had to do in my life was I enjoyed it. What steals my mind is that I go out there and enjoy my life. I go play basketball. I watch uh, uh, my sports stuff. I watch my stuff that puts me in a place where I can take my mind away from things. I I I love spending time with God. I love working towards my purpose. See, I put my mind at ease by things that are enjoyable, and I put my mind to work with things that are productive. You see what I'm saying? So you silence your mind by kind of silencing your environment. It has to be a quiet place in your home that you can go to that represents, that gives you the opportunity to steal your mind. It could be in your house. It could be at a gym. But if your gym not available, it has to be a place where you can go to and really practice. Um, what I normally do is I, I, I focus my mind by closing my eyes, sitting still. And um, either I have a, a scripture on a, um, on a note card or I put a scripture in my mind and I just think on that scripture. I single, I singular, I single my mind to one thing. And that's the scripture here. And I single my mind. I make sure my mind is singled on this one thing. And then from there, my mind begins to open up into a peaceful place where now I'm opening it up, not for demonic in, 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 um, invasion, but for spiritual guidance. And that's what I do. You just got to find a still place where you can be still and singular your mind on one thing that's productive for your spiritual growth and for destiny. And then from there, you'll begin to see your mind come to a still place and move forward. The, the next thing is, is, is set aside things. That are that are noisy disrupt dis disruptors, noisy things. You got to say, you know what? I got to start cutting these people out of my life because there's certain things that triggers the mind. Certain people, if they say something, triggers the mind. You just got to learn how to cut those those things out of your mind. So, still yourself by finding a still place, singular singularizing singularizing your mind on one thing that's productive for your spiritual growth or for your peace. Journaling helped me. Writing helped me. Uh, whatever creative outlet that you have that will help you. Some people, they love to jog. Some people love to swim. You got to find that creative outlet that helps you to remove the clutter out of your mind that will give you endorphins. God put endorphins in your body for a reason. And there's exercise. Doing stuff out there in the elements. Doing out, What I used to do, I used to go on long walks because I love seeing the deers. I used to go on long walks in the morning. I'll see deers. I'll see a turtle. I'll see, I'll hear the noises of of nature and it kind of calms me down because I'm outside of the the web of the world and I'm out there in the nature of God and that played a good part and kind of calmed me down when I went through my season of deep dark anxiety and now I'm in a place where I'm not moved by many things <laughs> they ain't not gonna steal my peace in life I think I skipped one more person someone says what about fasting Fasting is a benefit for health reasons, for spiritual reasons. Don't go on a fast without being led by God. But if you are going on a fast, like I do intermittent fasting every day, where I only eat one meal a day, or I eat within a um, six-hour window, that helps my body. There, uh, I go on um, physical fast anytime. Spiritual fast on His time. Spiritual fasting is when God is calling me to specific fasting that's going to benefit the uh, um, uh, my awareness and my closeness to him for a specific assignment. But physical fast, intermittent fast, you got to be smart about it. Don't do nothing stupid. But physical fast, things I do like that to keep my body in shape. But y'all, that was it was it's been great. Coach, you got to go.
Hope this uh, was a blessing to you. Um, these questions will be down in the comment section. So you'll be able to go back to your question that you asked to gain even more clarity. But I hope uh, this was a blessing. Leave a thumbs up, comment, share, let other people know about this. And also go to IamUnplugged.com for all resources you got. I got two free uh, courses on my site. If you want to give towards my wife and I's mentoring program, we'll love your support. I started back in the school system. The kids are already begging uh, for the program, but we need your financial support so we can be prepared for them because we're going to be in the middle school this year as well. We're going to be at the school I work at and the middle school that has partnered with us um, because now this will be our fourth year of, of serving the students at the school I work four years. It's crazy how far God has brought us. If you want to learn more about what I do with the mentoring program, go to weprepel.education or simply go to Instagram, Propel CLT, Propel Charlotte for short, but Propel CLT, and you'll see clips of what my wife and I done in the last two or three years. I don't think I got too much from the first year, but we're excited about this year. That's what uh, sparked me to write my sixth book, As He Says. As is for the students I serve, if you want a children's book for your daughter or son, I wrote my first children's book, As He Says, and it's a book on uh, them discovering their art form and being creative with it. And I have asiums that kind of helps like wise sayings to help kids kind of process um, difficult things. So all those books, all six of my books are online. If you want to give, you can give. Donations are really accepted, appreciated. Um, books are available. Card games, got two card games. Um, uh, man, I'm full. I'm not really full one-on-one -on -one coach. I'm just kind of feeling if I'm able to really do it. But if you, if you need help one-on-one -on -one coach, you go to my website, get your email in. I may, I may be able to answer you depending on the times you are able to do it and the budget you are able to give. And that will kind of give you a, a higher um, place for, but if God leads me to help you, no matter what your budget is, I'm going to help you. But when time's getting short, I have to be strategic and specific. Um, because my time is valuable, but also y'all needs are valuable. So everything I do is by prayer. And, and so from here on out, the people that I coach from here on is going to be prayerfully considered um, because my time is a little bit more limited. But uh, keep putting your uh, uh, suggestions because when spring break come or fall break or Christmas break come, I'll be coaching them because I'm on a school system. Love you guys. Y'all be blessed. Hope all, oh y'all so welcome. You so welcome. No problem, Adrian. No, no problem, Queen. No problem, Kid Gillis. No problem. I appreciate you too, bro. I appreciate all y'all for y'all support. All the subscribers, all the people that are that are rocking with me, wherever you're listening from, y'all are so appreciated. And I do this for y'all because of what God did for me. Love you guys. Make sure you look at the bottom of any of my YouTube videos. I got merch out there, shirts. I'm worth the wait. I follow our lead. Um, uh, be you to the full. A lot of good shirts down there. Um, let's spread the movement. This is our unpluggers community. So for those who don't know what unplug is, go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. And these where these videos are for to build a community of people that are spiritually mature to be used in a, at an optimal level for God's kingdom. Love you guys. Y'all be blessed guys and gals. Y'all be all right. See y'all. The good guys podcast come out tomorrow. Make sure y'all check it out. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Please. You too, Uriah. You have a good one. Bye y'all.